the Walpole and ability for levy payers to have a direct say, have an actual vote into the amount of levy that they pay is a great thing in Australia. It's unique to the wool industry. Other, other agricultural industries don't have a direct vote in this way, so it's a great opportunity for growers to have a direct say. That's Ed Story, the Senior Vice President of Wool Producers Australia, speaking about Woolpole. Now, unless you've had your head in the sand, you'd know farewell that it's Woolpole year. The opportunity which asks Aussie wool growers to choose how much they want to invest in research, development and marketing for the next three years of the wool industry's future. Today, Peter Sacksmith brings us interviews with members of industry groups from right across Australia. They were all brought together by AWI for a consultation workshop. You're listening to The Yarn, a podcast for the Australian wool industry. I'm Ella Edwards and we'll start off by hearing from Ed, who spoke with Peter about the opportunity that Woolpole is for wool growers and also the different opportunities there are for improving AWI's consultation process. Ed, you've been in Sydney for the last two days attending um, AWI's Wool Grower Industry Consultative Committee today and a workshop on improving AWI's consultation processes yesterday. What's your take on uh, the last two days? Oh, look, I think they were very constructive, Peter. The um, day yesterday was uh, directly addressing the one of the recommendations out of the review of performance and there was a lot of good things said and hopefully a lot of positive things will come from it because I think uh, growers and grower groups that consult with AWI have we're all at, a po- all at a point now where we're, the industry's in, in good shape in many respects. Um, there's always issues that need sorting out, but if, if AWI can improve their consultation and make it better um, to get the, the flow of information both up to AWI and back down to grower groups, that'll be a lot more effective. I think there was a tremendous amount of goodwill yesterday and we hope that, that uh, in, the, in the final recommendations and paper development, the development of the new processes, uh, how they come out, we, we look forward to... Uh, consultation process being improved and we there was a lot of goodwill yesterday and we think it will. Fantastic and um, Ed obviously we're um, at the end of the third week now of the Woolpole, you're also on the Woolpole panel, um, what message would you have for uh, wool producer members or uh, wool growers in general? Oh Peter look the, the Woolpole and ability for levy payers to have a direct say, have an actual vote into the amount of levy that they pay is a great thing in Australia. It's unique to the wool industry. Other other agricultural industries don't have a direct vote in this way, so it's a great opportunity for growers to have a direct say in the amount of money that they invest in the future in R&D and marketing for the product that they're producing. I'd really encourage them to get out and vote. They've got less than three weeks, or less than four weeks now. Voting closes on November the 2nd. I'd encourage you to... Uh, there's plenty of media and plenty of things about there about how to vote. You should have all received something in the mail. You can vote online. You can vote by post. There's plenty of ways to do it. Uh, it's a very good choice. There's even been a bit of controversy about different options that people should vote. So I'd encourage you to get the Woolpole Pack, read all the information and make sure you vote. Uh, vote with some preferences. Put some preferences in place. Fill, fill the numbers in one to five according to how you'd like to allocate your preferences and make sure you vote. It's a great opportunity for you to have say, an individual say in the future spending and, and, and levy direction of the wool industry in Australia. So get out and vote. And um, there's a little bit of rain here in um, in Sydney today. Ed, I hope um, you're getting some of that down at your neck of the woods. 
Yeah, look, not sure we are, Peter, but I know some in New South Wales have had a bit of rain today. There's not not a lot of sheep in Centennial Park, <laughs> uh, but we hope we certainly hope that the rain is de- desperately needed in in parts of large parts of the wool growing area in Australia. So we certainly hope wherever you are, you get some shortly. Uh, but I can report here in Sydney, a bit of rain today. Um, hopefully it's finding its way to your place. Yeah, good, good weather for the ducks. And, um, and, Ed, what's your outlook for the industry in general over the next year or five to ten years? Oh, look, Peter, I think, I think supply is going to be under a little pressure this year. I think with the drought it has impacted and will continue to impact over the next 12 to 18 months on sheep populations and wool cut per head. Um, but I think there's, the industry is very well placed at the moment. Um, we're producing a great product. Um, many of the marketing programs have, have increased awareness of wool. Uh, some of the post-farm and, and product development has increased the way people can wear wool and the, and the way they can use it in their clothing choices. Um, I think it's a natural fibre. I think it's got many, many great things going for it that, uh, that have it very well placed for people to have as form of the main, one of their main parts of clothing wherever they are in the world in whatever climate. So I think the wool industry and the sheep in general have a very bright future. Sheep, people have got to eat and people have got to wear... Um, clothes, wool is a fantastic natural fibre, uh, the oldest fibre, natural fibre on the planet and I think the wool industry has a great future. Yeah, I've got to say I agree with you and, and we had a presentation today from um, Laura Armstrong who's the General Manager of Marketing here at AWI and um, she presented the new marketing campaign, Direct to Consumers and I've got to say I've just come back from my honeymoon in the US and I saw some of it in San Francisco so can you um, maybe tell growers what your insights or what you thought about that marketing campaign? Oh, look, I think Laura today demonstrated that the marketing um, is, is perhaps targeted directly at the consumer, which is something as a wool industry we haven't done for a long time, but the technology and the innovation in communications enables that now to be not just a generic promotion of the word wool as it was a number of years ago, and I think we, we question the value of that. But I think now with everyone's got smartphones and digital interactions around the world, the the data we can gain and the information that we can um, get out to, to consumers in a very targeted way, in conjunction with brands and different things, is, is able to be a lot more targeted now and we can get, uh, get key messages to people about the fabulous qualities that this natural fibre has. And I think that particular project showed great promise. Well, I've got to say, I was actually, I wasn't aware of the full detail of um, the way in which we can actually target the marketing campaign to breaking down the demographics. I thought that was absolutely fantastic. And then the ads that come through on your smartphone or whatever it is in terms of now you like it, now you can actually go and buy these products sort of thing. So that was interesting. Yeah, look, I think that the technology and the communication uh, tools out there now enable that to happen. So that's... Uh, Right, and you get with that methodology of, of marketing and making consumers aware of the products, you get a great bang for your buck. It's not as if you've got to go and door knock at a hundred different places with different people, but you can your digital imprint, your digital footprint, I think they call it. Um, you can get to, to people quickly in a targeted way, get them the right information, and then you can follow up with some feedback. Andrew Wood who's the chair of the New South Wales Farmers Committee and president of the Wool Council, as well as Alan Ray, the president of Ag Forces Sheep and Wool Board, were also at the Industry Consultative Committee and spoke with Peter about the issues that face the industry and how consultation with AWI is crucial for the industry to continue to combat these issues. 
Um, we've been here in Sydney today sort of talking about AWI's consultation processes, mainly as a result of the recent review of performance which said AWI's consultation processes could be improved. We're here today with a group of about 20 growers from around the country. Andrew, how did you find today and what are the key take-homes for you? Uh, hello, Peter. Yes, uh, the take-home messages from today are that AWI are listening, which is a really good starting point, and it's a message that was loud and clear today that everybody wanted AWI to be listening to growers' concerns, particularly with the uh, Wool Con uh, Industry Consultative Committee, and that we needed to be able to uh, get our messages across where we wanted our priorities for our levy dollars to be spent. It's re One of the things that I actually heard was that a lot of people don't actually know what the ICC is. We talk about this Wool Grower Industry Consultative Committee, but um, AWI probably hasn't done a great job in actually explaining to most growers what that is. Would you think that's fair, Alan? I'd say it's pretty fair considering um, where the ICC is sitting now at the moment. I think it's a um, position that the AWI have got to put out there now to tell us what the ICC board is actually consists of yeah. and, and to get it back to grassroots. And once grassroots realise what it is, I think they'll um, accept the position where ICC sits. Yeah. And just, um, just for those growers who aren't aware, the ICC was set up in 2010 by AWI and the main purpose is to get grower representative groups from around Australia to come in three or four times a year and tell us what their members' priorities are and to enable AWI to report on performance. So it's, um, it's not the be-all and end-all. There's obviously a lot of other forums that we have, but the whole purpose is to performance and priorities. Alan, how did you find today? What were the key take-homes for you? I think I think it was great, a great day for us as in, in information feedback for us because of understanding where the ICC actually sits with AWI and AWI now really listening to, to the growers out there um, to, to position that um, AWI can now, I think, consult with growers much more comfortably through the ICC. And, I, and growers can go through ICC knowing, knowing that they'll probably get an issue up, up with the uh, uh, AWI. Yeah. And obviously there's lots of different ways that growers, individual growers, can you know, engage with AWI or consult with AWI or whatever, but grower groups such as Agforce and New South Wales farmers and wool producers and superfines and stud merino breeders and auger obviously play a really important role. So, um, Andrew, is there anything that you would like to um, get across to um, maybe New South Wales farmers members or New South Wales growers in particular in terms of um, what you've seen or heard or learnt today? Uh, I guess the first thing is uh, that... I encourage all growers to get involved and engage with the uh, election process. We've been on about it for some time. We've got something like 47,000 levy payers across the country. We've only got about 22,000 people who are actually shareholders and actively engaged with the process. And it is quite easy to, uh, to get involved, look at the website, uh, get some contacts there and, and don't be afraid to step up and have a go. So just the whole uh, process of getting involved and engaged will take away a lot of concerns that people have. So Andrew, if you had um, one message for um, New South Wales farmers members or New South Wales growers or just uh, growers in general, what would it be? I guess, Peter, the main message is to encourage people to uh, get involved with the Woolpole uh, voting and to make their vote count at whatever level they want to choose and look at what AWI have done over a number of years and their research and development and marketing processes, the improvement in wool prices and going forward, we need to be very mindful if wool prices do retract uh, the level of funding that's available to continue the company and the organisation. And Alan, what um, message would you have for growers or your members or Queensland growers? I, I think our members can be comfortable with what AWI are doing. I think with the ICC, 
um, that feedback up onto the AWI board will make them much more comfortable in, in getting the issues forward towards from grassroots perspective. Andrew, why do you think it's so important that growers actually vote in Walpole? Well, I guess it's uh, looking forward that we do need some blue sky research and there's sort of, uh, when you have surplus funds available, we, we need to be wise, uh, AWI board need to be wise in where that money is being spent, first of all. But the blue sky research, for, for example, dog control, I've heard this afternoon three different people mention wild dogs and the fact they wouldn't have a wool, wool industry in their district if it wasn't for AWI and the, and the work that's been done with wild dogs. Mm. And I think that it is possible to come up with a lot of other options. We need a range of options and we need to sort of think outside the square a bit. And that's what I encourage people to, uh, to continue to support AWI and the good work that they're doing. Alan, um, Andrew's just talked about dogs. Obviously, it's a massive issue across the industry, but probably um, in no greater impact in Queensland. Yeah, definitely. So, I've been dogs have been the number one issue in Queensland. AWI have done a great job in in what they've put out there with the dog controls. Um, fencing has been our biggest issue, probably getting it up and running. And it's been our saviour. Well, it will be our saviour, I think, for the for the sheep industry in Queensland. Um, and AWI have been fully supporting on, on not just fencing, but a lot of other dog controls. And without that AWI's support, I think, um, you know, the sheep industry would have died well and truly a long time ago in Queensland. So obviously those grower levies that have, um, that's that investment that we're talking about that directly relates to Walpole right now? Yeah, it is, exactly. <clears throat> and I think that levy should be kept up there um, for AWI to invest in it because it's an ongoing problem. It's, it's not something which we can fix tomorrow. Mm. So it's just an ongoing problem um, with Queensland, with dogs and other issues with you, but dogs are number one. That's it for another episode of The Yarn. Remember to subscribe to the podcast to keep up to date with what's happening in the wool industry. But also check out some of the great conversations we've had in previous episodes, like Ellie's chat with best-selling author and English shepherd James Rebanks, or Ben's conversation with the finalists of the Woolmark Performance Challenge, a joint collaboration with the Woolmark Company and Adidas. Remember to join the conversation, whether it be on Twitter at Wool Innovation or on Instagram at Beyond the Bale. And please send us feedback at theyarn at wool.com. I'm Ella Edwards. And of course, remember to vote in Wool Poll. <laughs>